Welcome to another episode of Emmy's Insight. It's your host, Emmy, and today's episode is going to be all about the Minnesota starvation experiment. So this is going to be a super interesting episode if you are interested in human psychology, and particularly if you're interested in the impact that disordered patterns of eating or restrictive eating or honestly diet culture and changing your behaviors around food, how that impacts you mentally and psychologically as well as physiologically. So in this episode, we're going to dive into the Minnesota starvation experiment, what its aims were and how ultimately it ended up being invaluable in its contribution to the field of disordered eating patterns, but also just understanding human psychology in response to food and diet and in response to starvation. All right, so let's start with a bit of a background on what the Minnesota starvation experiment was, when it happened and what the aims of the experiment were, and then what we ultimately ended up achieving from this experiment, what we found out. So it was 1944 and we were starting to see the end of World War II. A physiologist named Dr. Ansel Keys at the University of Minnesota wanted to conduct an experiment to understand how to best refeed victims of the war who had experienced starvation and malnutrition. So this wasn't just people who had no access to food and had suffered from food shortages and had experienced malnourishment. There was also prisoners of war and people coming out of concentration camps. So the European population was suffering from these massive food shortages. There were lots of malnourished and starved people. So this physiologist wanted to understand how to best re-nourish a population that had been starved. And the government was concerned about how to refeed the thousands of malnourished people in the safest way possible. So this is kind of like when people are put in hospital for anorexia and they have to be refed in a very careful and controlled manner because of things like refeeding syndrome and other consequences of going through starvation. So Dr. Ansel Keys decided to conduct this experiment at the University of Minnesota in which he was going to have volunteers go on a program where they would be starved and then refed to understand how to best refeed them. So in 1944, there was a brochure that was advertising for volunteers for this medical experiment and only 36 men of the 400 that applied were selected. And that's because they were very rigorous in selecting the most healthy men, both physically and mentally. So this is where we do diverge from typical eating disorder traits because these men were not predisposed to have disordered patterns around food. They were very healthy physically, passing many physical tests, to the top of their cohort, but also mentally. There was rigorous psychological testing and questionnaires, and they were all apparently very healthy. So this is where we do differ from the typical population and traits and characteristics in somebody with disordered patterns of eating or a mental health condition, which will be very interesting when we get into the effect of starvation on these healthy men. So 36 men of the 400 that applied were selected to be in this experiment. And interestingly, the title of the brochure that was used to advertise the um, experiment was, Will You Starve That They Be Better Fed? So these men wanted to serve their country in a way that was not 
going to involve war. They didn't want to be violent. They did express in some of the quotes um, and interviews that they wanted to do something to have a role in the war, but they didn't want to kill and they didn't want to be part of the war itself. They wanted to contribute in another way to society. um, And this is what they did. And they actually were explained at the beginning what was going to happen in a lot of detail. There was nothing held back from them. They were told that they could not be assured if there would be no permanent damage. Um, And they were told it was going to be really uncomfortable and it was not going to be easy and that they did not know the long-term effects. So they knew that they were getting themselves into a rough situation. So that was the idea behind the experiment. That was the aim of it. However, the results took too long to come out to actually help the refeeding of the victims of World War II, but the results ended up providing the first comprehensive record of the physiological and psychological effects of starvation and refeeding and a really deep understanding in how starvation dramatically alters personality and it affects both the body, but also the mind. So how it psychologically impacted somebody, impacts humans. And ultimately the experiment ended up contributing to the field of starvation and human physiolo- physiology and the connection between human physiology, physiology sorry, and psychology. So it really provided a lot of information that is still used today and it yeah it was a really important um, little did they know how important it would be in the field of eating disorders um, and mental illnesses all right so we're going to dive into now the actual experiment and the study so the procedure of it what the program consisted of and interestingly, the both the effects of it, but also some first-hand encounters that these men experienced, um, which we will draw lots of interesting ties to eating disorders. But the most interesting thing is how psychologically impacted these men were from being on this starvation diet. So the program consisted of three stages and the initial three months was kind of a bit of a baseline three months. The diets for all the men were standardized. They took body measurements for all the participants and took some psychological tests. During this period, the men were basically eating to maintain their weight and just have a normal diet. Following this initial three months, they then experienced the six-month semi-starvation period, which started at the beginning of 1945. And in this period of starvation... They did follow a diet similar to war-ridden countries, so trying to emulate that starvation experienced by sufferers of the war. Now, I'm not 100% sure what the exact calorie target was because I have I do have two papers that I'm specifically looking at. Um, I'll put the citations in the show notes below. <laughs> One of them and the majority of the papers I did look at have the calorie target for starvation in this experiment listed as 1500 calories. Some are slightly more, one was 1800 calories. So let that sink in. That just goes to show 1500 calories is a starvation diet. It is what war-torn countries had. It is what caused near death in these people. So 1500 calories, you might think, oh, what the heck? That doesn't seem like that 
that's what people post on Instagram. That is a starvation diet. And it's wild because I've seen 1200 calorie diets be promoted. And that just goes to show how disordered some of the diet culture messages out there is. And that's why I think talking about topics like this will be interesting for a majority of the population. Because even if majority of the population haven't experienced an eating disorder, which sadly it is extremely common, so many people have, a lot of people have experienced disordered patterns of thinking or behaviors around food, not necessarily from a diagnosed eating disorder, but just because of our society and our culture and how ingrained and important the pattern of eating is for a human being. It is an evolutionary response. So that's why, I guess, messing up that evolutionary response and being affected by diet culture really messes up psychologically a person. And that's what this experiment is a really good example to use to address that and to dive into it. So this 1500 calorie diet achieved a 25% decrease in body weight. So a huge decrease in body weight. And remember, these men were healthy when they were selected. They weren't overweight. They didn't have this weight to lose. So they were obviously losing a lot of favorable body tissue, as in muscle mass, as in bone tissue. Going on an intense diet like this is not healthy for favorable body weight loss. So they lost body weight, but it doesn't mean they lost body fat. Of course, they would have lost body fat, but they would have also lost muscle protein, muscle mass. They would have lost body tissue. On top of that, during this time, they did have physical activity prescribed to increase their energy expenditure. However, it wasn't extremely intense. It was treadmill walking, but that just, again, goes to show how much you burn by being active. So the participants were expected to walk 22 miles a week, which is only 35 kilometers per week, which over the course of a week, I'm sure most people listening to this do that in everyday life and they needed to expend 3,000 calories a day so they're expending over 3,000 calories a day yet they're only eating half of that amount so they're in a huge deficit so just a side note please don't listen to messages that say 1500 calories or honestly anything below 2,000 calories is normal because it is very unhealthy and it is starving moving on So that was the first three and then the next six months. The last three months was a period of refeeding and there was actually one of four different diets. So the men were prescribed to one of the four different groups to see what different diets would be helping with refeeding. Interestingly, a bit of a side note, they had one of the groups that did include vitamin supplementation because it was believed it would accelerate their improvement in their nourishment and their health. But this actually was found not to be the case. And another thing was protein. The content of protein in the diet didn't have any effect either. It was literally just calories that proved to be the determinant in improving their health outcomes. Literally just the amount of calories they ate was important. Didn't matter where it came from, what it was made up of, they just needed to be fed. So that's just interesting to note when you're recovering from being malnourished or anorexia or just starvation. So... The objective of this experiment was to characterize the physical and mental effects of starvation on these healthy men. And they were 
observed under the baseline conditions at the start, during the semi-starvation, and then during the rehabilitation period. Okay, now things get interesting. Let's talk about the effects that these men went through from this experiment. So physiological effects, this one's a bit of a given. So we'll run through these, but what I really want to get into is the psychological effects and how this ties, it really ties so well into anybody who's been through any type of eating disorder or even just disordered pattern of behavior around food or starvation itself. So physical effects were pretty similar to any any starvation or anyone who's been through disordered eating or lost lots of weight. So a lot of symptoms similar to those of anorexia nervosa. So these include weakness, just a lot of weakness, a decreased heart rate, being cold all the time, swollen joints, hair loss, dizziness, constipation, basically a whole lot of physiological effects which are a response to starvation. It's your body systems shutting down, turning off things that aren't essential to sustaining life. For example, keeping you warm. Your body doesn't want to thermoregulate because that uses energy. So it, you're cold all the time. Your body is not trying to keep homeostasis in warmth. It's just trying to keep your heart beating, keep you alive. Constipation, because their eating patterns are messed up. They're not getting enough food in. So their metabolism wants to start shutting down. So lots of these physical effects were observed and these weren't exactly a surprise. However, what is very interesting are the psychological changes observed and obviously the um, similarities between these psychological changes and that which were noted in eating disordered patients, especially with these men being very healthy to begin with. So what were some of these? There was an obsessiveness with food, obsessiveness with weight and related activities. The men also experienced a decrease in the ability to concentrate, lots of bad dreams, depression, a loss of libido, addiction to chewing gum and kleptomania, which is like a drive to steal. That one is really random. However, what I notice reading these papers and what you might notice is if you yourself might have been through anorexia or any type of kind of obsession or disorderedness pattern around disordered pattern around food is relating to these effects these psychological effects it it i'm hoping that this can be almost not just educational or interesting but also motivation to recover from disordered eating because of how much it affects your psych psychological well-being some other things to note is some of the men reported viewing people with a normal weight as obese and others did not perceive themselves as severely underweight but acknowledged that others were the others around them so they had this perceptual distortion, distortion, sorry, and body image dysmorphia. And I will note here that these men, you might think, oh, they're only eating 1500 calories. It's not that little. If you look at pictures of them, they looked emaciated. They looked like they were on the brink of death. So they were physically malnourished. There was also a lot of psychological changes during the refeeding process as well. For example, some men had concerns with the body areas where fat was reappearing and just demonstrated this body dysmorphic perception of themselves. So basically, the men 
displayed symptoms that are found in patients with eating disorders, especially restrictive type anorexia nervosa. So this is really interesting and especially what some of the men explained they experienced themselves. So I'm going to go into a couple of firsthand accounts and some quotes from the participants in the study. So they were very aware of the psychological changes that this starvation was causing. They, they weren't, unlike in eating disorders, kind of not putting two and two together. They could watch themselves and they were aware that what is this starvation doing to me? So one of the men said that food became the one central and only thing really in one's life. And life's pretty dull if that's the only thing. Another explains that it changed our personalities. We were always apologizing to each other for something we didn't mean to do. We had periods of elation, periods of deep depression, and our difficult traits came to surface. Reading these papers honestly made me kind of feel emotional because I, I, I just related to it so much. And it, it just made me think of the symptoms and the effects of my own experience with anorexia and an eating disorder because I read it and I thought that literally hits the nail on the head. I know that exact feeling and looking back, I can watch and see and reflect on that experience myself as well. And it really goes to show how oh, how awful that these mental illnesses really are and how bad eating disorders are, both psychologically and physically. So continuing with these effects of starvation, it was noted that the enthusiasm of participants started to wane and men became increasingly irritable and impatient with one another. And they just really suffered from that effect of limited food. This really like reminds, not reminds me, but I was thinking about this today because I'd been planning on recording this podcast episode um, and I had work this morning and some of the, I obviously work as a PT or I shouldn't say obviously, cause you might not know. So I work as a personal trainer um, and some of the, ladies in the class I was running today were talking about how they went to this other trainer who had put them on this extremely low calorie diet and they were just moody and like hangry in air quotes all the time and I literally was like oh my lord I'm going home and recording this podcast episode today and wow it literally that it's so messed up on your physical and psychological well-being to starve remember a 1500 calorie diet is probably sufficient for a five-year-old potentially not a grown man not a grown woman not an active human so continuing with these very interesting reflections from and interviews from the participants themselves another man um, he quoted remembering that he was noticing what's wrong with everybody else even your best friends their idiosyncrasies became (laughs) idiosyncrasies I'm so sorry how I said that the idiosyncrasies became great big deals little things that wouldn't bother me before or after would make me really upset another noted we were impatient waiting in line if we had to and we'd get disturbed with each other's eating habits at times I remember going to a friend at night and apologizing saying oh I was terrible today and you know let's go to sleep with other thoughts in our mind we became in a sense more introverted we had less energy I knew where all the elevators were in the buildings. The men reported decreased tolerance for cold temps, as we talked about, that inability to thermoregulate because your body doesn't want to do things that aren't essential to survival. And often the men requested additional blankets, um, even if it was the middle of summer. Relatable, again, being 
freezing cold and so uncomfortably cold and unbearably cold all the time. So they experienced extreme tiredness, dizziness, muscle soreness, hair loss, reduced coordination and concentration, and sometimes ringing in their ears even. Some of them were forced to withdraw from their university classes. So they were allowed to take classes while being part of the study. And they had to withdraw because they just could not concentrate anymore. And they just did not have the energy or the motivation. They were just apathetic, done with life. So the most, I would say interesting, but also kind of expected effect was that food became an obsession for the participants. One participant remembers the often complex processes that men developed for eating the little food that was provided because eating became like a ritual, he quotes. So some people diluted their food with water to make it feel like it was more. Wow, this just reminds me of like YouTubers that are like, hacks to lose weight, volume eating. Oh my gosh. He goes on to say that some people would take each little bite and hold it in their mouth for a long time to savor it so that eating could take a long time. And there was another man who actually collected cookbooks, actually one of several men who collected cookbooks and cookbooks and recipes and owned nearly a hundred by the time the experiment was over. Another recalled the frustration of constantly thinking about food. He quotes, I don't know many other things in my life that I look forward to being over with any more than this experiment. And it wasn't so much because of the physical discomfort, but because it made food the most important thing in one's life. Food became the one central and only thing really in one's life. And life is pretty dull if that's the only thing. I mean, if you went to a movie, you weren't particularly interested in love in the love scenes, but you notice every time they ate and what they ate. This is so significantly similar to having an eating disorder. It's It's just wild. It really does show you that it is so linked to the starvation the psychological place that you're in when you have an eating disorder is so linked to the malnourishment so that's why sometimes they say if you start eating again i know it's scary and there's so many other things to overcome but your mental health will improve just from nourishment so many of the men agreed that nearly immediately after semi-starvation began that they lost all interest in women and dating So one quotes, I can tell you the sex drive disappeared. There was none. Again, another really common trait of disordered eating. When your body has no energy, it's not worried about procreating. It just wants to be able to survive. So another, I'm going to read out another quote. There was actually this one of the two papers that I was kind of focusing on because there's so many. Um, One of the two was really interesting. It was a reflection many, many, many years later. Actually, let me have a look up when it was. It was published in 2005, so that's almost 60 years after the Minnesota experiment. So 19 of the 36 original participants were still alive and 18 of these were interviewed for this oral history project. So there's a lot of really interesting reflections from these men. One of the men recalls a really significant moment in the experiment for him, which was related to the emotional reaction that his physical weakness and exhaustion caused so the psychological effect of his starvation so this is what he says i was walking along with my buddy it was deep into the semi-starvation and we were tired we would look for driveways when we got to a cross street so so he wouldn't have to walk up one step to get from the road to the sidewalk we were tired and weak 
And so we were standing at a corner waiting for a light or something and a kid came along on a bicycle and he was really moving, pumping away. And I looked at him and said, wow, look at that boy, he's really whizzing. And then I said to myself, I know where he's going. He's going home for supper and I'm not. And then for a very brief, I hope it was brief moment, I suddenly hated that boy. I hate at this point to tell you this because it doesn't speak very well of me. But I remember with horror that I could feel such a thing. So utterly irrational, but there it was. And you ask an experience that I remember, I sure remember that. That was rough. It's really interesting that he can reflect and in that moment of feeling that hatred, he can reflect, why am I feeling like this? Why do I, like, he was ashamed for feeling that way and he knew it was wrong and he knew it wasn't normal and it wasn't him, but he could reflect and he was aware that he felt that way. He was aware that the starvation was psychologically affecting his personality and his mental well-being. So a couple of volunteers were actually excused from the experiment. So their results weren't included because interestingly, one ate huge amounts of gum and admitted to eating scraps of food from garbage cans. That is what the starvation drove him to do especially for such a significant period of time. Some suffered severe psychological distress during the starvation period that they actually had to stay in psychiatric wards at the university hospital. And they also, their data was excluded as well. Another interesting thing to note is at first, the participants were allowed to chew gum, but some of the men became addicted and ended up chewing 40 packets of gum a day. So the behaviors they had were just out of control. They were just irrational, disordered. And it's pretty clear, and it was obvious during the experiment, that they were witnessing these men go through something psychologically traumatic. And thinking that maybe they seem a bit dramatic because people go on 1500 calorie diets. However, if you look at pictures of these men, they looked like victims from prisoners of war. They looked clearly on the brink of death so it just goes to show what truly if it's in a really strict environment what 1500 calories really does to you and that it's not sustainable so yes you might go a day with eating 1500 calories calories or more than that and either it will eventually if you keep doing that lead to hospitalization or ultimately death if it goes on forever Or in many cases, it just leads to patterns of binge eating disorder because in response to restriction, your body has an evolutionary drive to want you to eat, which will result in both physical drives to eat, like insane hunger, insatiability, so extreme hunger, you might call that, but also mental hunger, the inability to not be able to stop thinking about food, which in this example is very, very evident. And you might be listening to this and agreeing and relating. So another, oh, I didn't note this in my notes, but I did read, I remember reading in the one of the papers, one of the men walked past a bakery and was like so overwhelmed by the smell of, he went and bought all these donuts and then he didn't allow himself to eat any because he was on that starvation diet. So he just like gave it out to all the children in the street. Something that was just like... <laughs> I don't know why I just remembered that. I didn't note it down, but it just like, I don't know, it painted a vivid picture in my head for me. I just imagine like a 1940s, like freaking cobbled street with like kids playing on like wooden bikes and stuff. It's probably like so inaccurate. And like, it's all like low key and black and white. 
and the man like is like so skinny and he smells bakery and like goes in and anyway I don't know why I'm explaining my imagination the picture I painted of that but that's that happened that really did happen so let's talk a little bit about the rehabilitation period and the results because it is very interesting to note that there was lots of disordered behaviors during the rehabilitation period so at a conference in 1945 in Chicago Dr. Ansel Keys, who was the physiologist who ran this experiment, this was his brainchild, he noted that enough food must be supplied to allow tissues destroyed during starvation to be rebuilt. He goes on to say that our experiments have shown that in an adult man, no appreciable rehabilitation can take place on a diet of 2,000 calories a day. The proper level is more like 4,000 calories daily for some months. The character of the rehabilitation diet is important also, but unless calories are abundant, then extra protein, vitamins and minerals are of little value. So again, this just goes to show that after starvation, you need to eat so much food to restore all the damage that your body has gone through and that all that matters is calories. It doesn't matter where it comes from. It is just getting the energy into your body. So this paper goes on to say that Keyes also stressed the dramatic effect that starvation had on mental attitude and personality. So he argued that democracy and nation building would not be possible in a population that didn't have access to sufficient food. So ultimately what he was saying is post-war to rebuild all the nations and society again, it's not going to happen when the population in that society is malnourished or starved because they're all in a distressed, psychological distress. Some other things to note that were interesting is the disordered pattern of food that the participants experienced upon refeeding. So when free access to food was restored again, many of the volunteers at first lost control over their eating. They didn't have a sense of society. They ate continuously. And again, that kind of goes back, not kind of, it goes to show that you have an evolutionary drive that is psychological as well as physical. Your brain knows that food is important for survival. It doesn't want you to stop eating. You just didn't allow it food and now it suddenly is allowed free access. It's going to say, don't stop, don't stop. So again, why even in a healthy individual, as in a mentally healthy individual, any type of extremely restrictive diet. So if a client says to me they want to lose weight, then it needs to be so slight of a deficit that it's sustainable. If they go on a really drastic deficit, then the evolutionary response is that their brain is going to say, go on a binge eat, 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 because you need to get those stores back because that is, you know, survival. That's just an evolutionary drive. So another thing to note is that often they would eat continuously and not stop even when they felt full. Some of the participants always had to carry food with them. They couldn't go anywhere without carrying food with them. Six of them reported binging. So that's 32% of them. Two vomited and that wasn't on purpose. It was just because of refeeding um and it was very similar to a lot of anorexic patients a course that is shown where um they might progress to purgative type of anorexia or even bulimia over the years but basically the sense of satiety and their hunger recognition became disordered distorted sorry distorted they did note though that there was no loss in intellectual ability or in memory or in logic all of the psychological changes were just in response to that 
starvation. So it wasn't anything to do with their own intelligence or cognitive ability. So that just really goes to show the profound impact that starvation has on humans, not just physiologically, but psychologically. So ultimately, the results of this study and this experiment, it went on to be really invaluable in the field of human psychology, especially in relation to disordered patterns of behavior around food and disordered thoughts around food, but also just eating disorders in general. And yeah, I really wanted to share this because I think it's so relevant, not just to people suffering from eating disorders, but just anybody alive in this diet culture driven society, because it just goes to show how messed up some of the diet culture messages out there are, you know, promoting these semi-starvation diets and how it's so dangerous for your mental well-being as well as your physical well-being and not just during it, but after Some of these papers did note that it took a long time, years, for these men to recover from the changes that they went through psychologically. So from their disordered behaviors and disordered thought patterns around food and around exercise, it took them years before they could could rehabilitate. So they did experience this kind of ongoing distress psychologically. So I hope that this experiment and sharing this was interesting and also just helpful in your own knowledge and understanding and yeah just brought to light some of the effects psychologically that starvation has on your body and honestly what these men went through was difficult and they provided a great service to us and our knowledge today so with all of that in mind I hope you guys enjoy this episode I'm going to wrap up here and I wasn't sure what to put as a quote but I'm actually going to use and re say one of the quotes from one of the participants who quoted food became the one central and only thing in one's life and life is pretty dull if that's the only thing so I hope you guys enjoyed this episode if you did please let me know comment on my Instagram for the podcast which is at Emmy's Insight let me know what other episodes you would like to hear and if you can share the podcast or give it a review Um, that would really mean a lot and I appreciate that and it helps support me. So again, thanks so much for listening and I hope you join me in the next one. Bye.